I think it's okay to be a journalist when you're young and when you are, you know, at the beginning of your career. I think it's our job as founders to grow then these people into things that they are passionate about, make, you know, making it easier for them to pick and choose a path to, again, experiment on different things. Hello and welcome to Humans of Startups, a podcast where we talk about the importance of building a good early team for a startup. Your early team defines your culture and your culture plays a huge role in attracting, retaining and motivating talent. Hiring is slowly becoming the hardest part for early stage startups. Through a series of interactions with founders, I aim to unearth the dynamics behind building a strong early team and the best practices for building an impeccable culture. Today I'll be speaking to Mati. She's the co-founder of Even Healthcare. She was born and brought up in Italy and she decided to migrate to London to pursue a management degree at the London School of Economics. Interestingly, she met Mayank there and both of them decided to start this company called Compass News right after college. Compass News aimed to become the Spotify for journalism. They ran it for a couple of years before shutting it down. After this, Mati decided to explore something in venture capital and ended up working with one of the finest VCs in London for a few years where she invested across fintech and healthcare companies. She is also an angel investor in more than 50 companies. After her stint in the VC, she decided to migrate to India to start another company with Mayank called Even Healthcare. Even is a healthcare provider that directly partners with hospitals to offer you unlimited diagnostics, unlimited consultations and a hospitalization cover. And all of this is clubbed into a single monthly subscription cost. I discovered Even because of its culture document, which kind of went viral because it lists down the compensation and equity which every employee is getting as a part of the team. And this is very unique. Even has one single thing when it comes to building its culture. It's to become the most transparent company on earth. And it got me intrigued. I persistently followed up with Mati to get her on this podcast. And here we are. So let's get started. Hey Mati, super, super excited to have you on the podcast. As you know, I've been after you for the last one month or so just to get a slot with you. Thank you so much for taking out the time. I'm really, really glad. Thank you so much, Shail. Really good to connect. I'd, I'd love to start off with your personal and professional journey up to the point where you started even. I'm, I'm guessing that you're an immigrant and you started a company in India. So I'd love to know more about that journey. Yeah, absolutely, Shail. So I am an immigrant. I think I had a non-linear journey, uh, although a very lucky one. I think growing up, I had really no idea what I wanted to do, uh, like many people. But I did envy a lot, actually, people who had a very specific passion. I grew up in Italy and nobody really spoke about entrepreneurship at the time. In high school, I was kind of into two things. One was competitive sports and the other one was politics. Uh, I guess I was uh, never good enough to become a pro in sports. And uh, politics really left me a very um, kind of disillusioned uh, by the end of it. So I kind of started to look at businesses as a way to really change the world. So I decided to move to London and study at the London School of Economics. 
that was kind of the best decision maybe of my life uh, because I met so many smart, very determined people from kind of all sorts of backgrounds as well. It really kind of widened my view of what was what was possible at the time. And from there, my kind of uh, professional journey really began. My first company just straight out of uh, college uh, with my co-founder, Mayank. We were basically trying to build a Spotify for journalism. Our mission was to make young people interested in the news. We were 23, 24 years old and kind of knew nothing about building a business, a team, fundraising and all the rest. But we somehow kind of managed to raise capital from some of the best VCs in the sector, including kind of Bloomberg Vita in the US and Humber Perks in the UK, build that kind of great team, which included kind of some senior engineers from some of the best companies in the world and even the ex-managing director of the Times, very weirdly, and kind of scaled the product to around 100k monthly users. Um, ultimately, the startup didn't work out, but I think that taught us really everything we know now. The team went on kind of transitioning into some incredible companies such as Apple, DFT, Bloomberg, and uh, all of our investors, almost all of our investors in Compass were actually invest are actually investors in our new comp company, which is obviously very nice and a vote of confidence in a way. Anyhow, after kind of uh, comp one of um, our earliest investors and VC Humber Perks, as, as I mentioned, basically an early stage fund in London asked me to stay as a principal in their investment team. So I led their healthcare and fintech vertical. I felt in love with investing, a uh, reason why I'm still a very active angel investor. I also kind of felt in love with the healthcare sector, but after a while, a couple of years, I just knew I wanted to build something again. So we started researching some markets and spaces and myself and my co-founder, Mayank, basically decided to move to India then. Interesting. You know, that that kind of makes me think about how you've had the same co-founder in both of your ventures. And I'd, I'd love to know how that that feels in general or how that helps you as a co-founder to have started two companies with the same person. Yeah, I mean, I, as I mentioned, I angel invest kind of a lot on the side. And whenever I hear people talking about co-founders fights, I feel just beyond lucky, to be honest. My co-founder, Mayank, and I have been through really everything together. We have been through hell as well. <laughs> I know him more than you would a brother, and I trust him more than kind of anything, anybody else really in the entire world. My other co-founder, Alessandro, in this company in even, is, has been my best friend since we were 10 years old in middle school. And so these things are really what kind of makes a difference in a company, right? Like they cannot be bought. The thing is, you know, how rare it is that your favorite people in the world are also the smartest people you have ever met and they both want to build a company with you. I mean, kind of jackpot, right? It has a positive impact on so many things, but above all, I think it just gives you massive strength, right? It makes it impossible to give up in front of the toughest challenges in, that the world throws at you. And it's just very pleasant to know you can rely on two amazing people. Amongst the three of you, are you just responsible for making sure that we, we've got a great culture? Were you responsible for kind of coming up with all the cultural values and the culture talk that you guys have created? Or how does it work in general? 
Yeah, and no, I think, Shail, this is something that I personally and we as a team really think is crucial, right? The great thing about us is that it's not at all the responsibility of one of the founders whatsoever. It has never been. So it's the three of us. The great thing is that we come from very different backgrounds and also have slightly different uh, perspectives on uh, the topic. And so I think it has then created this very nice, at least so far, fingers crossed, uh, melting pot of ideas and cultures really more importantly since we've hired more people they have actually completely changed the culture at the company so it's now kind of the result of obviously the three founders and uh, all the early employees and now the, the entire team so we're really open to feedback we really want this to be a collaborative effort to create the best place where anybody can work got it got it you said that how early employees at even were also significantly responsible for kind of building up that culture, which means you're very open towards enabling them to kind of build whatever even culture stands for. So could you, could you recall in general, how you went about hiring your first 20 members? What, what were the things that you guys had in mind before you decided that, okay, we want to go and hire our first few core team members? Yeah. So I think we are super lucky. I very confidently can say that we have the best team of any seed and series A company I've come across, not only in India, but globally as well. Our head of insurance was head of risk at three standalone health insurers already. Our head of hospital operations was heading operations at Narayana. Our head of brand was heading brand at Uber. And so, so many people like this. I, I genuinely could just go on for an hour. There is really no shortcut in building a a plus team, so like really a stellar team. I think it takes time, but I think um, three things really helped us. One, the mission. Two, being extremely generous with equity as well as compensation later on. And uh, three, just doing the right things. So let me give you some examples so that we can crystallize it a little bit better. Yeah. In terms of kind of being generous, every single person in the team at even as equity, even customer service service, which I believe is quite rare. We also aim to be extremely competitive, offering almost kind of double the equity than market standards, especially in India for each and every position. So this is kind of their company, right? It's not uh, anybody else. On doing the right things, we are the only com company I know of that has exactly the same vesting conditions for ESOPs as well as founders, right? So many employees sadly don't really understand how ESOP work. We do everything we can to make it as clear as possible and even pay for legal advice for basically employees uh, if they have any doubts uh, to just go and clarify them. More importantly, even if not many people know about a specific thing, you should still do the right thing even when it's not required to ask for, right? So I think it's about doing the right thing when it's required, when it's not required and just uh, basically setting up the the basis for a place to work where you yourself would love to work at. Can you expand <clears throat> on the on, on the equity bit a bit more? I mean, you, you mentioned how even offers equity, which is at par or even double than what other startups in India are offering. If you don't mind, can you expand on that? Maybe giving a couple of examples. Yeah, of course. So I think since we started, right, when we started, we had only an idea. How can you convince somebody better than you to join you, 
obviously we would never compromise on quality of people right but initially you only have an idea you have no money you have uh, no investors you you have nothing right? right so the only way that you can convince somebody better than you to work on this with you is uh, to make sure that you consider them at your level or even you know or even more right and this is about giving them ownership of a company is about giving them freedom uh, to go and explore different roles and different approaches to, to, to these particular roles. And I think for us is about working with the very, very best. We are absolutely more than demanding when it comes to selection of people that work with us. But once you're here, really the sky is the limit, right? In terms of how much you can grow on every level. Uh, and I think part of this is just making sure you are as generous as possible, as transparent as possible on how decisions are made. And uh, we were lucky enough to get into the team really from the early days before we had any investment. For example, Animation Ronak, which as I said, you know, had a stellar background uh, beforehand and everybody was extremely delighted that we had them because we were very generous and because uh, of the mission of the company that they really believe in. I think these all helped. I'm sure you've drafted a bunch of cultural values for the team and they're pretty evident from the document that I saw. Can you, can you share them and also walk me through the thought process of how you ended up, you know, drafting those values? What should be the general advice for other founders around that? Is, is it dependent on the mission of the company? Is it dependent on the sector in which the company is operating? So what are some of the basic fundamental frameworks behind coming up with those values? Yeah, thank you, Charles. So I think that, you know, firstly, thank you for uh, reading the document. It's actually gone viral in a very weird way. We, are, or I personally actually do not believe in uh, writing down company values, right? And even as a company, it's not about writing down kind of some words that mean something to us, right? I think, I, I kind of think that values are not about words, but behavior. Right. So we have an incredibly strong culture and uh, we never had to write down some kind of random words for it. We hire extremely smart people and give them entire ownership on their work. This means, you know, what they do, how they do it and when they do it. And we can kind of go into the details of this. But I think we are extremely transparent because, again, if you work with smart people, you want to get their take on every, everything that happens, you know, the good and the bads. For example, you know, our calendars across the company are absolutely open and public, and we discuss also everything as a group, right? More importantly, I think this is the reason why that uh, guide went a bit viral, is that we published our compensa compensation spec to anybody outside and inside even, right? We want to be fair and transparent, and we, you know, we want everybody to know what the guy next to them gets paid, how much equity they have, and why. Right. We don't want people to spend time uh, thinking I've, I've been treated unfairly. I don't deserve something. We are extremely open. Uh, everybody can raise points, suggestions, questions. Everybody knows what everybody makes in the company, how much equity they have and stuff like that. So from what I gather, I understand that transparency and a very, very flat hierarchy are like the two most critical features of the culture at even and i completely understand that you know writing just writing words on the paper doesn't mean that you have a culture a any other most important points that you could think of which define the behavior of people at even 
Yeah, absolutely. I think we are very collaborative. I think, uh, you know, the only way that a behavior, a behavior can be incentivized is when it's rewarded, right? So we promote people who make the team better, who speak out and can be, you know, also empathetic uh, and collaborative while they work. Uh, I think we will also never punish failure. We welcome experiments and we know they are part of the work. I think I, I like to believe, obviously you should uh, ask somebody that works here, but I like to believe we are very quick at promoting high achievers and it's very easy for you to just scale in responsibilities and roles very, very quickly. So just to give you an example, actually, because it's sitting in front of me right now, you know, one of the sales guys uh, that joined us two months ago already got promoted now has a team of eight people yeah that he manages basically and uh, yeah we, we want to build a culture where you can definitely grow as long as you put in the work and you're smart that that sounds awesome i mean <laughs> two months and then leading a team of eight, eight people that's that's a lot of responsibility this this kind of brings me to the point of scaling a team what what is the team size at even right now yeah, so right now we are about uh, 70 people. All right. So let's say you expand to a team of 300 people in the next one or two years. I think that uh, a lot can be done by a small group of very talented people. Uh, I think we are incredibly careful in hiring because most of the times, you know, you create actually a layer of tasks that are just about managing. And again, we really like flat structures. So I don't hope we'll become a very massive team in such a short period of time. It might happen, but I think, you know, we hire people that can do much more than a normal standard person can do. And that's kind of the goal, right? Is to hire the best, not to hire as many people as possible. That That's completely fair. My question was more towards saying that as the number of team members in even will increase, the amount of interaction that the new people will have with the founders mm. decreases in such a scenario. How do you make sure that your cultural values, the behavior in the company stays very uniform and it doesn't change because new people are joining in and they're creating their own culture? Yeah, absolutely. I think that kind of terrifies me, to be honest, in the sense that this is something that if somebody asks me, you know, what keeps you up at night? And I think that's very similar also for my co-founders is exactly this. Like, how do you scale that culture and how do you scale that kind of A plus team? I think it's a matter of so many different variables, right? One of the most important things is and making sure that the hiring process actually is at a as a very high standard. I don't think it's unreasonable, unreasonable to think that every single hire in the team will get some time with at least one of the co-founders, even if we scaled massively. Again, also part of that is making sure you don't scale massively unless it's absolutely required by the business, right? And we are really stringent when it comes to how many people we will hire. I hear a lot of founders talking about, you know, it's great. We now have a team of 400 people. I don't think there is anything great about that per se, right? Obviously, if the team is necessary and uh, you are very proud of your team, that, that's awesome. But the size of the team doesn't say anything about your achievements, right? And uh, apart from that, I think what's really, really important is the early team, right? Like so far, everybody that is at EVEN is an early team member. I think they have uh, completely 
absorbed and also created the cultures themselves and they hopefully will instill it in people that come after. I think that's very visible now uh, and I really hope that continues. Obviously, we have also hired somebody in uh, HR who used to be the head of um, you know, HR and talent acquisition at Zomato, at uh, NPL, etc. And people like this can really help you scale that culture and uh, tell you also how to do that very, very successfully. So fingers crossed should should go to plan, but it's something I really think about a lot, actually. Can you walk me through the typical process of how an interview procedure looks at even like right after a candidate applies to one of your openings till the time they get an offer? Also love the... I'd also love to understand how you crafted that entire process. Yeah, absolutely. I think for us, the most important thing is to be fair to all candidates, right? That's where we started. So for us, it's really important that, uh, you know, everybody is treated fairly, meaning that the screening is done on, on, on a very good level, that everybody goes through the same process. Obviously, it's very hard to kind of describe the process for all positions, right? Every and each, each and every position has different process. But one thing that I can say is that each and every person goes through a round of interviews with the found, at least one founder. The management team, depending on which, uh, which sector and which category of the business, as well as a test. Okay, so the, for us, it's really important to actually be able to work with uh, the candidate and the candidate to get an understanding of how we work and the team before, you know, doing, m- making an offer. We aim to always reply to any candidate that uh, sends us a CV or or makes an application within 24 hours. And we try and be as quick as possible when it comes to making an offer as well. So we do not like to negotiate. This is what we always say. This is why compensations, benefits and everything is publicly available to anybody. And we think, you know, we're extremely competitive, so there is no need for negotiation. We always make the best offer uh, we can possibly make. And so far, it's gone quite well. You mentioned that you you tend to close your positions in general really quick. And you also mentioned how you don't want to become that company which just grows very fast and, you know, expands the team size. And I've, and I've spoken to, you know, multiple founders where I think there's always this trade-off between hiring well, but taking your own time versus hiring really, really fast because you want to get more things done. Startups move really fast. So what what's your take in general on this? Because you've mentioned both things in this part. In yeah. This in fact, I think now that you summarized, I think I missed, like I, I, I said something that I, that it basically was a mistake. I do not think that we hire fast. We are possibly, you know, the, we take our time, like we're slow on the, on the slow end of hiring for each and every position, especially obviously the senior ones, some roles like uh, head of branding, head of design took, I think nine months to fill nine to 10 months and we're very okay with it because the most important thing is that you hire the right person right and i see this happening in many companies that uh, i'm an angel of is uh, obviously there is a need for the business short short term to hire really fast however i've always been of the view that it's much better to take your time uh, and not uh, make mistakes while hiring because actually the if you have hired incredibly smart people at the beginning they don't want to work with people that are not incredibly smart and so it's just not fair they are not a good fit maybe i, I think that's a very unique insight which i'm kind of hearing for the first time but yeah absolutely 
you mentioned how you guys make sure that one of the co-founders is speaking to any potential candidate that you guys are interviewing if you are speaking to a potential candidate and you have to talk about the top 3 things that you look for in general uh, what would those be how are your conversations like when you speak to candidates yeah i think that you know it really is different if you talk to about junior and senior positions right for junior i look for one thing really which are people that are uh, what we call kind of plate removers right so they know they tell you themselves what's wrong in the business they go out and find a solution then they solve that problem and so they just come to you just saying hey that was a problem i've solved it this way you can move on right because the most important thing for let's say junior to mid people is to be able to um yeah make other functions lives easier right in a way and uh, people that are smart and ambitious can do that so that's what we look for kind of in in young and, and, and junior members of the team when it comes to senior is a bit different i would say my main question is when i interview people is would i work for this person if the answer is yes then you know we we'll probably try very very hard <laughs> to to hire them and to convince them to join us what makes you feel that you want to work with this person or you want to work for yeah them? i mean um, the most important thing for me is that they have something very special that we don't have as a team i was i was going through the hiring guide and it kind of mentioned this statement quote and quote feel free as one of the key mission statements of even and and i'm sure you've propagated this mission statement with respect to hiring and building a team as well so first i'd like to know what does this mean and second how have you made sure that everyone in your team feels free absolutely again like we trust people that we work with and so we want them to you know follow their own judgment we incentivize experiments we have uh, unlimited holidays and expenses because we trust them we are transparent so you know feel free to ask feel free to look our calendars is open feel free to compare compare your compensation because the uh, compensation framework is open etc so just feel free to be you know yourself to to ask questions to be involved in processes to be collaborative to to ask uh, and, and and to look for anything you want because really we are trying our best to be as transparent as possible because uh, we have absolutely nothing to hide and i think that's really really important got it got it and you you mentioned how you i mean i mean the kind of things that you look for while you're hiring uh, junior people in your team and i'm sure even i in fact i saw that you hired a couple of uh, generalist people right in the beginning of your journey and i want to know how you went about it and let's say i'm a first time founder i'm starting a company in india today what would mm-hmm. your advice be to me uh, when it comes to hiring generalists or specialists at different stages of the company this is very interesting in terms of generalists so i think that specialists are really important i personally hate people that have on their bio business leaders you know whatever that means i think is really really important to firstly be a bit more humble in my, in my experience and just have something that you're really good at i think being an ic is uh, always rewarded especially at even uh, getting your hands dirty etc but talking about kind of generally so 
I think it's okay to be a journalist when you're young and when you are, you know, at the beginning of your career. I think it's our job as founders to grow then these people into things that they are passionate about, make, you know, making it easier for them to pick and choose a path to, again, experiment on different things. The idea, in an ideal world, you know, you wouldn't have somebody in a senior position that is a generalist, at least in the way that we think about it. I know that there are a lot, not here. In terms of how do we hire young generalists, that was your initial question, I think it's so hard, honestly. So in our experience, so we started the company with two young generalists called Ira and Rishab. Ira has uh, worked with me when I did Compass with Mayank, okay? Then I went on in work in venture capital, right, in, uh, in London, and I brought her with me as an analyst, right? And then here, so this is like a very long, uh, let's say, love affair <laughs> where, you know, we could uh, really know each other. I know everything about her. And obviously we're, you know, I, I know her strengths, weaknesses, et cetera. And so it's great to, to, to have her at even. She's uh, really the glue of the company like Rishab is. And Rishab had exactly the same experience, but with my co-founder, Mayank. So, you know, these are people that we've known forever. We've worked in, in very many projects and we've bought, uh, you know, here and we're super delighted to work with. I think it's hard to just hire a generalist uh, that you don't know, but definitely something that, that, that can happen. Yeah. And, and actually, we have another one called uh, Priyanka, actually, that, that joined and we didn't know and she's doing an amazing job. So it's definitely possible. It's just a bit harder, I think. And as you, as you move ahead and as you hire more and more people, the tendency towards hiring generalists in general decreases. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is absolutely correct. I think that ops managers, generalists, especially like, yeah, especially very young, smart, smart people are, are always very helpful. But again, we really want them to then grow in a, uh, a vertical that they enjoy and they love and they're passionate about and just make them grow in that specific vertical. Uh, I think the rest of the team here is very specialized in their own skill and, you know, they love to get their hands dirty, as I was saying, to be an IC most of the time. That does not mean that you don't get to see other functions of the business. Actually, we make it a priority that you go and uh, collaborate with all other um, uh, functions of the team. We have cross-functional meetings basically on a daily basis, but uh, everybody brings a different expertise and skill set. Got it. You know, I've seen this with startups in India, how they spend a lot of time maybe, you know, perfecting their hiring processes, but not a lot of them... I would say most of them don't spend any time thinking about how to onboard new employees. And I, I just love how you guys have kind of properly articulated the onboarding process. What was that a manifestation of what, what inspired you to kind of create such a good onboarding process and what does it entail eventually? Well, firstly, thank you. I think the onboarding process entails uh, a lot of uh, different things, but I guess like one very important thing is uh, we want to remove problems when and where we can, right? It's all part of the principle to make it easier or easy for people to do their best work. And I think making the onboarding smooth, making the company transparent, making collaboration a priority, all makes it much easier for people to do their best work, basically, which is the core principle of what a founder should try and aim for. And who was managing this entire onboarding process in the beginning? How, how did you, how um, did you work on, I mean, technically? 
So I think we broke it down into different uh, categories of the business. So, you know, my uncle was in charge of, let's say, hospitals, medical. I was in charge of, uh, you know, marketing, growth, ops. Uh, Ale was in charge of tech. And uh, I think we kept it very consistent within the team. But there are slight differences in terms of uh, what, for example, a growth manager needs to know in comparison to an engineer, right? And it's about making it, again, as... Um, perfect as possible. Over time, we have changed it massively and we will keep changing it because we, you know, welcome feedback. And obviously every single person that on boards has some, we make it a priority to ask for feedback, right? Like how, what can we do better? How can we make it better? So it actually is going to keep changing over time. Is there anything else that you'd like to kind of mention from the hiring guide that you guys have created? I think uh, the most important Thing for us is uh, making sure that uh, we are as transparent as possible, right? And uh, the fact that we made the hiring guide public to everybody, not just uh, people working here, I think is a testament to that, right? It's very hard. Like everybody says they want to be transparent, but it's very hard to actually say, hey, Jimmy is paid X. And, uh, you know, if you ever want to come here, you will be paid exactly like Jimmy because it wouldn't be fair for Jimmy to be paid less than you as a new joiner, right? All of these small things that are actually much uh, easier to say than to do because they put limits in terms of who can you hire, for example, or, you know, being... Absolutely. Let's let's push back to hiring a bit and... Mm -hmm. Since you've moved all the way to India and you, you've explored this market for the last couple of years, I'd like to know the top two to three things that you've realized about the talent market in India. And given the fact that you've worked in Europe before, how is it different? What are some of the good and bad things that you've realized about uh, the talent market in India? In general. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I think talent in India is insane. Honestly, it's amazing, especially for some categories, like, for example, obviously engineering, uh, design, product, marketing. But honestly, for, on, on every level, like talent is, is just insane. Again, what maybe really uh, surprised me at the beginning was how sometimes, obviously not in all places, but sometimes it feels like employees are not treated uh, well. Right. And, uh, you know, this, this comes uh, across as ownership that is uh, rare and uh, maybe not given at a level where I think is fair or even globally uh, would be comparable to, as well as compensation, as well as opportunities for, to grow. More importantly, transparency in, in and of itself. Right. It's very rare to find a junior person. Uh, knowing everything about what's going on in the business, being able to open investor updates, being able to see how everybody gets paid, being able to grow very fast. All of the things that we're doing here as a priority, I don't think in my conversations with people in India have been very common. There are companies that do it. It's not just very common. And again, you know, this is our opportunity. We want to be the best place where anybody can work because this will allow us to get the best talent in the world. And I think, yeah, making sure that we're not like that is very important to us. So when you say that anyone in the team can go and access any particular information that includes investor reports, investor presentations and stuff, is it? Yeah. 
We have a Slack channel where we share all updates. We share updates every Monday. Everybody has access to our dashboard. They know exactly how much money we're making. We have compensations live on Notion. Everything is extremely transparent. If you go on my calendar, you can see exactly what I'm working on. All my meetings are completely open and public. You know what I'm doing. You know what I'm spending time on. If you want to come and spend time with me, you can book directly time with me anytime. Anybody can do that. All of this. And this has been the case with even from day one. Absolutely, we've been very, we've been very careful about this from day one. We wrote the hiring guide before we hired anybody. Oh, awesome, awesome! So <laughs> that that kind of answers why it keeps you awake at night when you think of scaling your team. Exactly. <laughs> Just you always need to think before, no? Absolutely. Before absolutely. things happen. Yeah, yeah. You all, you also been angel investing. You were a VC before, at least with respect to you know you angel investing in companies. I'd I'd love to know you know some examples from your portfolio companies, some founders that you really admire when it comes to them building their company cultures. Any any you know examples would really help. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I've been super lucky to learn so much. I invested in now thirty five companies. I mean. It's amazing, right? Because you can spend time with founders. I think we talk about so many things. There are some companies I'm invested in that are a little bit earlier than us, and some companies that I invested in that have scaled massively, right? So it's very different. Like I'm really happy that sometimes I can, you know, help somebody that is going through the first two to three key hires, and I'm really grateful that I get the chance to spend time with uh, founders that have scaled their organization to, you know. Tens of millions of um, dollars a year in uh, you know ARR and revenues that have a team that is five times the size of ours, uh, and just ask them how they've done it, right? Uh, and obviously everybody does it differently, but we talk about everything from you know remote versus in person. We talk about how to scale a culture. We talk about even very, to be honest, hard topics like how do you fire somebody if it's not working out how do you do it well how do you yeah well as 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 well as one can right difficult conversations as well what do you do when one of your you know employees has uh, a very bad experience maybe uh, either onboarding or offboarding your company right how, how do you deal with all of that and i think it's just amazing to share this with somebody that has gone through it and might have a different perspective than yours interesting uh you know you you've mentioned a lot of things about how even is very transparent and i'm sure that's helping you out but if you had to talk about let's say the top 2 to 3 challenges that you faced so far in hiring what would those be mm i think uh, one is uh, being patient for sure that's maybe the number one thing that i've learned Again, as I mentioned, we are extremely slow at hiring when is required, and we're not convinced. We would never hire somebody if we weren't a hundred percent or more convinced that they would be the perfect fit for the job, and they are absolutely stellar, right? So it's about making sure that uh, you are patient enough to just wait for that particular person. And as I mentioned, this has happened to us in many roles, from branding to product to engineering. There is nothing you can do about that. I don't think that we will ever drop the bar, and I think that scaling up this is going to be a massive challenge. How do you maintain extremely high quality 
when you also need to increase quantity. So far, we have actually obviously increased the quantity of the people that we hire on a monthly basis quite substantially. But, you know, this is going to, 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 to grow quite, quite fast going forward. And like, how do you do that effectively? It's, it's, it's very interesting to think about these topics, I think. Have you had any cases where people have kind of uh, decided to quit and uh, then you must have thought about what is that, what are some of the things that will help you as a company to retain more people? Because, because in my mind, I believe retention is more important than hiring. If you've hired the right people, you need them to stay for, you know. A hundred percent. So I'll tell you something weird. Nobody has left even on their choice since we started not one person. And what? this is a testament to the team, right? Obviously, I think that the most important thing is retention, right? Culture doesn't mean anything. The, th- the thing that matters to understand if you have a good culture is retention and is uh, referrals. If people that work in your team are there and don't quit, and if they refer their friends for new positions, that's when you win, right? And I think so far... It's been very, very, I'm very, very, very happy with how it's gone. You know, I, I, I mean, I've read some of your articles. I've read your Medium blog and you've, you've spoken about, you know, gender diversity in general. You're a female founder. You're a female investor. You were a female investor before. And specifically, if you talk about India, it's a very skewed ratio when it comes to, you know, guys who started up versus women who started up. At even, how are you looking to change this? Yeah, so child, I think that this is a very important topic. However, I don't think I approach it in a very traditional way, in the sense that I don't want to put specific quotas. I am a woman. I know that sometimes it's very important to actually have specific quotas, right? For example, in like in, in politics, <laughs> sometimes it is important to actually have representation and gender representation. But as a woman, uh, and this might be controversial, I don't, I wouldn't feel particularly satisfied if somebody hired me because they were filling a quota, right? So that's not something that we do at even because we don't think it's fair. We currently have a gender balance of about 35% uh, female. We know we can do better and we want to do better. We're trying, you know, our best to do that. The the way that you actually solve that problem is finding candidates at the beginning of the pipeline. That's what we realized because actually it's just there the massive differentiating factor, right? Like we get more male rather than female applicants, for example. Then actually at even we've promoted, I think, more women uh, than men. We have women in incredibly uh, high leadership position, like our head of healthcare is a, a, a woman, our head of insurance is a woman, one of the co-founders is a woman, you know, we do, we do have that. But it's about how do you f- actually fix the pipeline on top of the funnel? We've done a lot of things. Like, for example, we have changed the way that we have job descriptions. We have uh, tried our best to reach out directly uh, to great women working in, uh, in other companies when we want to fill a role and, and things like that. Still lots to do, still lots of things we want to try out and test. Definitely, you know, I think women are, you know, as smart, if not smarter than men in in many ways. And so I do not believe in quotas. I just feel we need to get them right. We we need to have uh, visibility Uh, and then they will join. They will get picked because they're the best. They will rise because they're the best and, and so on and so forth. 
got it got it it's it's been great hosting you mati and i i i just like to complete this episode with a quick rapid fire it'll take 5 Ooh. minutes i'll awesome. i'll let's do it when you have to give me your immediate thoughts on it does that sound good sounds great thank you chal all right so one company that you really admire for its culture it can be a startup it can be a company a company that i invested in that is called uh, catkin I think they are in the UK they are direct consumer pet care. I think the great thing about them is uh, and I've taken a lot of inspiration from one of the founders is making sure that everything is you know is done transparently and people have ownership of their own tasks and the way that they do work and I think I got a lot of inspiration. One founder you directly hire without kind of thinking or speaking to them or interviewing them. Kunasha possibly because of the marketing that that you can do just coming to us imagine the resonance yeah if you had to great. talk about if you had to talk about one thing that you learned while you were a vc what would that one it's how vc think which is really important so you know everything from what kind of returns they want what type of founder they've backed before like everything about how they think I think founders should spend time in VC just to understand how the other side of the table works. I think it makes you much more compelling later and much easier to raise. Makes sense. Biggest learning out of your first company? The market is the most important thing. The advice to founders who want to build great teams in India. Be generous, be honest. Awesome, awesome. All right I think that's pretty much uh, it from my side thank you so much for spending some time with me Mati No thank you so much Charles it's been an absolute pleasure it was great to meet you thank you